There is lots going on in these readings today, but I just want to uh, focus briefly on these two characters in the gospel and a few important things that they teach us about prayer. The first that we hear about is Jairus. Jairus was a synagogue official, which probably meant that he sort of, you know, coordinated and and looked over the the worship and uh, he coordinated the school in the synagogue and he made sure the building was all, you know, up to scratch. He maintained the building. That was his role. And um, of course, we hear that his his daughter is dying. And uh, so he comes to Jesus. Now, we're not sure if he went to the Pharisees first, you know, the official religious people, uh, or if he came to Jesus first. But either way, it was quite a risky thing to do. You know, Jairus was the synagogue official. He would have known all the religious, all the priestly dudes, you know. <laughs> uh, and Jesus was this nobody. Yet he recognised something in him, huh? And so he comes, he comes to Jesus and, and he pleads with him to heal his daughter. As the story goes on, of course, uh, we hear how Jesus goes to, to his daughter and uh, eventually she's healed. She, she partakes in the salvation uh, of Jesus, huh? The first thing that we learn from Jairus uh, is, or the key thing that we learn from Jairus is the importance and the power of intercession. Right? That's what's happening, right? He is, on behalf of his daughter, bringing the presence of Christ, salvation of Christ, to his daughter. That's what intercession is all about. Right? Petition is where we come to God for our own needs, where we say, God, can you do this for us? Intercession is where we ask God to do something through us on behalf of others, right? In intercession, we're standing in the gap for others. Someone's spoken about intercession as love on its knees, huh? Standing in the gap for others. Isn't that a remarkable reality that we have this capacity because of our relationship with Christ, we can in some way bring God's presence or, or bring people into the presence of Jesus. This is not just something that we can do, but it's something we, we must do. It's part of our identity. We're baptized to share in the threefold ministry of Christ, right? Priest, prophet, and king. And the role of a priest was to pray and to sacrifice on behalf of others. So it's part of our identity. It's part of our, our baptismal duty to be praying for others. We might say uh, our prayer for others is a sacrifice. And it's, of course, something that we, we, we do not just in the liturgical setting when we're kind of forced to do it, <laughs> but it's something we must do when we're on our own. It must be part of our regular prayer, huh? That we're spending some time to, uh, to stand in the gap for others. And, and because it's part of our identity, because it's, we're created to do this, it's always liberating when we do it. I'm sure you've experienced this, right? When you um, just take a moment to, to, take the, you know, to pray for others, you, what, what you're doing is you know, we, we take the focus of ourselves. And isn't that liberating? <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? It's like, oh... <laughs> The other thing it does, I find, is that it softens my heart, you know, when I think about others and when I allow the Spirit to put others on my heart. 
which God will do if we, you know, when we, when we intercede in the spirit, not just with our own heads, you know, when we allow God to put needs on our heart, it softens our hearts. It makes us more compassionate towards others. So important, intercession. The second uh, lesson I want you to notice in this gospel today it comes from the woman who's uh, she's sandwiched in the middle of this story of Jairus. Uh, she had suffered this hemorrhage, this bleeding for 12 years. Uh, and, and she comes to Jesus with a petition, right? This is for her. It's not for, for someone else, right? Um, what's extraordinary about this woman is that if anyone could have been cynical, doubtful, um, angry towards God, it was her. Because for 12 years she'd been suffering this, you know, incredibly difficult uh, illness, uh, very one which segregated her, you know. Uh, but, but she shows us quite the opposite here. She says, she comes up to Jesus and she says if, if, into herself, if I can touch even his clothes, I shall be well again. If I can touch even his clothes, I shall be well again. She's assuming a few things here. Firstly, that if she touches Jesus, he's got the power to heal her. Right? That's her belief, obviously. And secondly, she's obviously assuming in God's goodness, in the goodness of Jesus, that, that he wants to heal me. All I need to do is touch him. And I know he's got the power and I know he wants to heal me. I know he's good. I want you to notice that attitude. It's a, it's a consistent attitude we find throughout the Gospels of those who are healed. And perhaps it's good to measure your own attitude up against hers. How do you come to God when you're asking, when you're in petition before Jesus? What's the attitude? Often we don't even realise it, I think, but I... I, I my sense is that for many of us, we come to Jesus and we've got an attitude that's a little bit more like this. Oh, Jesus, oh God, I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm wretched. But if I can only twist your arm just this once, will you do me this little favour and just, <laughs> just help me out? And I promise I'll pay you back a thousand times over. If you, you know, I won't tell anyone. It's kind of apologetic, right? Deep down. We're like, if you would only overlook all my weakness, my sinfulness, my just this once, please. Can you see how different that is to the attitude of this woman and so many in the Gospels that come to Jesus for healing? Remember the leper came to Jesus, said, if you're willing, you can heal me. And Jesus said, of course I'm willing. <laughs> of course. And it wasn't because he was good or, you know, he was whatever. It was because... That's the heart of God. So my encouragement today is, uh, apart from intercession, is to be fostering this heart of faith. You know, time and time again in the Gospels, it's the people that come in faith. Not, they're not perfect. In fact, often they're outsiders. Often they're the ones that aren't most supposed to receive the blessing. They receive the blessing because they come with this faith. So I want to encourage you to, to be intentional about fostering this faith. And, and perhaps the best way you can do it is by just looking to these characters in the Gospels, the outsiders, the, the ones that don't fit, the ones that shouldn't receive the blessing, and, and notice their attitude and see how Jesus responds to that. And allow, allow that just to sink in and, and to shift that deep belief or attitude that you have towards God. Help, allow it to help you to recognise how much he really wants to bless you and to love you and to heal you and to save you.